Thank you for joining me here at Dominion Church. This is our exclusive live stream. Whether you're joining us through Facebook, YouTube, perhaps you're also enjoying our Dominion Church podcast experience. I'm just so thankful that you're a part of what we're doing here. It means the world to us. If you do me a favor, like, subscribe, and share this video, share this podcast so that it can bless more people. That's ultimately what this is all about, so that the gospel can have an impact to the people that need it the most. Um, you know, we're, we're in interesting times. I'm sure you've heard many messages begin that way uh, over the last several months. Uh, we're coming to a place where we're re-examining what is most important. We're re-examining the things that, um, you know, my grandfather used to talk about being true blue, the, the things that are still there that are important when some of the facades are taken off the plate. And uh, that's part of the reason I felt so inspired to do a series on family. Because when it's all said and done, family matters. Uh, family is such a big deal in the economy of the kingdom, in the heart of God, that he, I mean, it, there's a reason that he is purposeful about declaring himself as father. Uh, and then us experiencing him as a good father, as his kids, as his sons and daughters. God could have chosen any language he wanted to. He could have chosen the language of the business model, where he's the CEO and we're the laborers and the workers, <clears throat> or perhaps where he's the master and we're the servants. But when it's all said and done, the analogy, the metaphor, the truth that God wants to communicate to humanity is that he's a compassionate, always good, always merciful and gracious father, and we are his kids. There's nothing about who we are that can ever convince God to change his mind. I like to say it this way, <clears throat> God doesn't consult us uh, when it comes to how he thinks or feels about us. Nothing can change that. <clears throat> so I just wanna encourage you as we continue in this series, this is actually session three in our Family Matters series. We're gonna pick back up on uh, husbands and wives, fathers and mothers, specifically on the fathers and mothers part. I would encourage you, if you haven't had a chance to go and enjoy the first two sessions of this series, please take the time to do that as that will help with this with this session in the context uh, that it carries. Uh, and I do really believe it'll be a blessing to you. So I'm gonna jump into this and then at the end, we'll kind of share some ways that you can support our ministry financially. That means the world to us, but we'll save that towards the end. Uh, so first, let me pray. Lord, I just thank you for this time, for this moment, uh, that even in peculiar times here in 2020, that we still have effective ways to reach others with the gospel. We still have effective ways to fellowship. It doesn't right now uh, feel like it has felt in the past. It feels different, but that doesn't mean that this is our new normal. I, I can't stand that term. Uh, a new normal in my uh, definition and my guideline is something better than what has been before. And so Lord, I just thank you that you're with us in these moments. You're with us uh, as we navigate this global pandemic. You're with uh, those who have um, been attacked you know, physically by COVID. Lord, I just decree and prophesy health and wholeness right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, and that also your grace goes beyond just meeting us at our need. It's also preventive. And so I just thank you that your healing power is resident on the inside of us. There's never a moment where we should have to search out our healing. We carry Christ, the healer, on the inside of us. And so I just thank you for, you know, we just make a demand on Christ, the healer. And Lord, let the words that I'm sharing over the next few minutes, let them be spirit and life as we continue to talk about uh, just the core beauty, the core importance of what family is all about. Lord, help my words to be spirit and life. Give, give my words that advantage. 
Lord, I just thank you for all these things now in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You know, one thing that I do want to share before I get into these notes, um, you know, God thinks so highly of humanity that he became one of us. You know, so I had this question, will God ever become something that's not good? And I hope you would agree with me. The answer is no. So even in becoming like us and becoming one of us, he was becoming something that in terms of the creation narrative uh, was proclaimed as very good. You go and you look at all the, the things that God created in that narrative. They were good, good, good. But he creates man and he says, behold, man is very good. And so it's the, the pleasure of God, the privilege of God to dignify humanity by personifying humanity, by becoming one of us. Jesus, the Son of Man, the God-Man. And in doing so, He's modeling for us the way that we are to live. He's not trying to show us some standard that's unreachable. It's an invitation, right? It's not, it's not, uh, it's not to, to uh, challenge us with something unreachable. It's, no, this, guys, this is normal. And if you settle for anything less than the experience that I'm modeling for you, come to me and I will show you how to live the best life you were created for. And so when we think in terms of all that and we talk about the family unit, there's so many things that the family is capable and qualified to impart within itself, to, to um, produce within itself. Again, I want to encourage you to go back and watch, uh, listen to the first two sessions of this. But now we're going to jump into session three, fathers and mothers. We're going to continue in that train of thought. Fathers and mothers play irreplaceable roles together in fashioning the identity of their sons and daughters. They are examples of how to live, how to interact with others, how to endure hardship, how to live disciplined, how to be generous. And that's not an exhaustive list, but those are some of the main ones that just came up in my heart. Parents are the first teachers for their children, and as such, are the foundational sources of input for how their children will thrive and mature in the following years. God has uniquely equipped parents to walk in confidence in their parental roles as they identify and nurture the faces of the emerging generation. And so much of this, again, this is the, this is the capacity that's built into a healthy family unit. Now, when I say the word healthy, don't mistake that with the word perfect. A lot of people strive for what they think is the perfect family. And the way we identify perfection, we do something that Scripture actually tells us to guard against, comparing ourselves one to another. I would say the key for healthy family is to be authentic to yourself, be genuine to who you are, right? And in your pursuit of who God is, just be honest with it. Right? Kids aren't looking for perfect parents. They're looking for uh, faithful parents. They're looking for available moms and dads. Uh, and so, and, and the more we were in that pursuit, we begin to demonstrate the character and nature of Christ in ways that we can't do on our own. But it is, it is reserved. It's, it, it's, um, it's a privilege to discover it within the family unit. Fathers and mothers also provide examples that create unspoken expectations of what their children will look for in men and women in general. If a father will commit to teaching his son masculinity, spiritual fortitude, faith, courage, and respect, then the son will cultivate these same qualities in his own life and expect them, uh, uh, and expect them from uh, those that he will encounter in the future. So I want to stop right there. I know there's uh, perhaps a couple words in there that are loaded. One is masculinity. Um, 
because there's a, a negative term attached to that called toxic masculinity. But we have to be careful when we say something like that because we're tempted to define all of masculinity as toxic. Certainly, there are aspects of masculinity that can be toxic if we talk in terms of using, abusing, or uh, leveraging people so we can get ahead for ourselves. On the same uh, token, there's toxic femininity as well. And so I'm talking about healthy masculinity. Sons need to learn that from their dads. That's not a bad thing, right? It's, uh, it's very much a part of the heart and nature of who God is. You know, spiritual fortitude, faith, courage, respect, and respect looks different uh, in different regions, but it all boils down to the same thing, preferring others, being kind-hearted to others. Uh, you know, I'm, growing up in the South, I was always taught, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, to hold the door open. Uh, and that's not simply manners. It also builds in you this respect for others. Uh, and if, you know, I feel like America, so much of what we're dealing with and wrestling with culturally is we just we have an atmosphere of disrespect and and i just want to tell you this that the reason it's absent at the, at the level of culture is because it's absent at the family level, the family unit level. And there needs to be a revival of what it is to respect our fellow man, right? To respect people that are different from us, that don't look like us, that don't talk like us, that don't worship like we do, that don't even believe like we do, that we can still be respectful and kind-hearted to one another. If a mother will commit to teaching her daughter modesty, joy, a servant's heart, peace, and confidence, then the daughter will cultivate these same qualities in her own life and expect them from the women she will encounter in the future. Um, again, I, I don't want to get into a fight on some of these words. Uh, and I would also say that men need to learn these same things. Women need to learn the same things uh, that men are learning as well. Uh, a man needs a healthy dose of joy, of peace, of modesty. Uh, and so I just want, before you're sitting there saying, well, why is he say just that for men, just that for women? Don't put words in my mouth, but I'm just showing you some of the the primary points that I see demonstrated in the capacity of fathers and mothers and how they're translated to sons and daughters. So this is by no means an exhaustive list. Perhaps you have some other points that you can think of right now, and that's good. That's okay. Add to this. This is true in all the positive uh, the positives parents can instill, but it's also true of any negatives as well. So again, whatever kids get from us by way of positive, they also can see shortcomings, they can see failures. And if we're just content to continue in those things, to not walk in a lifestyle of repentance, or let them see, at the very least, we're not perfect, but we're striving uh, to gain victory in certain areas, well, then we also model negative things. And I found even in my own journey of parenting, that's some of the things that I kind of get the most kind of upset about is when I see my kids duplicating weaknesses that I know are personal to me. And that's when I go to the Lord, help me with these things that I might be an example of what it is to overcome, of what it means to, to live a disciplined life. You know, personally for me, um, much of my life struggled with weight and all those things. Um, and, and I just, I got to a point a few years ago where I just wanted to model a healthy lifestyle for my kids. And the simplicity of it came down to it, well, you're just going to have to make the decisions. You're going to have to sacrifice that. And you're going to have to discipline yourself in that area if you want to have that modeled accurately for your kids. And I'm still very much in the journey, but the Lord has graced me and helped me so much uh, that I'm so much further along the way than I was just a few years ago. And so that's one example. There are many examples. You know, if you struggle with anger, begin to ask 
ask the Lord to give you the grace to overcome it so you can model what it is to live a life that is temper, uh, your temperament is balanced, right? Uh, or, you know, even the kind of scriptural precedent that you can be angry, but we don't, we don't bring sin into the equation, right? So we don't make our kids the focal point of our anger. Uh, or, you know, again, again, you make a mistake, fail, we're not perfect, we know how to repent and apologize, right? That's okay. As parents, guys, I have apologized and repented many times, and I'll continue to do so. Don't be so proud to go to your kid and say, hey, I was an idiot. I'm learning this as I go. Please forgive me. Okay, so now I want to look at, um, you know, I've looked at some of the, I would say maybe the soul components of what this relationship looks like, but now I want to talk about some spiritual components and specifically looking at the role of fathers. Uh, so the core responsibility for fathers is they release identity to their children. And again, we're taking this cue from our Heavenly Father. That's what He does for us. And so by extension, He invites us as natural dads to do the same thing for our kids. It's a beautiful thing. The greatest privilege a father can have in the life of his children is to speak their identity to them. This ability, which is divine in its quality, is often overlooked in today's society. Fathers already have part of the work done for them in that they are able to identify sonship and daughterhood but they are able to release identity beyond these fundamentals. How do you speak identity into your child's life? You must hear what God has said and speak it forth. I love these verses in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you and then get them inside your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Tie them on your hands and foreheads as a reminder. Inscribe them on the doorpost of your homes and on your city gates. It's a pretty peculiar language. Uh, commandments are simply what God has said. In the context of these verses, these commandments are old covenant, but the same applies to the command of the better covenant, which is love others as you yourself have been loved by God. Our source for identity is the voice of God and the wisdom of Holy Spirit. Your child's identity isn't about your expectations or trying to correct your mistakes. Haven't we seen that so many times? You know, I, I think of times where the dad who aspired to be a football star, his knees were blown out in college, and then he, he drives his son. You're going to be the star I always wanted to be. Or the mother who puts her kids in the perpetual beauty pageants because she wanted to aspire to that place, whether it be Miss America, whatever status she was looking for, and she wants to live vicariously through her daughter. That is not the role of a parent. The role of a parent is to speak identity, is to speak spiritual identity at its core, especially... As I was saying, it's the burden and the privilege of the dad. Um, it's also imperative for us to understand that identity and ability are not the same thing. While identity will no doubt produce ability, ability will never produce identity. Again, looking at those verses in Deuteronomy 6, the point being made there, because you see where it says commandments on your head, on your hand, fasten them to all these places. It's a metaphor. It's talking about keep those promises front and center. Let them be uh, what, what leads your thought processes. Hey, this is who I am. Uh, at the core of my identity, I'm a beloved son. I'm a beloved daughter, right? And so um, I, I may be tempted to do these things, but I have the promise of God. I have the core components of my identity delivered to me. There's a lot of things I'm not sure about, but I'm sure about this. And we build from that foundation. <clears throat> so again, to recap that, and this is, I know this is simple, but fathers release identity to their kids. 
Okay, so what's the core responsibility of a mother? Well, mothers nurture the identity of their children. So one is releasing it, and then in that father-mother uh, duo, that husband and wife team, they work together so well. So the mother begins to nurture the identity of their children. <clears throat> the greatest privilege a mother can have in the life of her children is to nurture them in their identity. Nurturing is an often misunderstood quality, but its merit cannot be matched. Successful nurturing provides two important things that all children need, happiness and obedience. And if done the way God intends, these two qualities can become happy obedience. Uh, uh, moms, I know you can relate to this, especially when I ask this question. I know it's good for our kids to be obedient, but isn't it a whole different experience when they're happily obedient? That when you ask them to do something, that they do it with joy? Uh, that's the place that uh, our, our family units had that capacity. And at times, I know it doesn't feel that way. Man, there are so many times where I'm just like, Lord, I don't think we're ever going to get to this place with our own kids. But it's possible. So I just want to encourage you to continue in that. Again, as we speak identity, as we nurture identity, this is some of the fruit that we can expect to see. Mothers have the unique privilege of instilling guides or parameters in the lives of their children in order to help them adjust and flourish in their identity. This is accomplished by demonstrating and instilling five basic principles for nurturing. And here are those five principles. Instruction, dedication, love, discipline, and example. So I just want to break those down. I'm not going to take a long time today. Uh, this is going to be a brief message uh, in our series because this is a continuation of our previous uh, session. But I still believe that it's good for it to stand on its own for us to ponder these truths. So again, back to where we're looking at the five basic fundamentals for nurturing. Instruction, dedication, love, discipline, and example. As 1 Thessalonians 2.7 says, But we prove to be gentle among you, as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. There's great comfort, rest, and security in a mother's embrace. Isaiah 66.13 says, As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. Psalm 131.2 adds, Like a weaned child rests against his mother, my soul is like a weaned child within me. One thing we need to pick up on, I just want to pause here for a moment, is the attributes of God, while He's certainly Father, uh, also it's, it's from the very essence of, of the Spirit of God that we also get uh, the rich femininity. You know, some of, my, some of my theological friends refer to Holy Spirit as, as, as the Mother God or, or the, the feminine part of who God is. And again, I don't want us to get hung up on those terms. If that's weird for you, then that's okay. But Somewhere within God, we are given examples for how to be feminine. Right, ladies? You're, we're given those examples. And some of these verses I've been sharing with you, again, First Thessalonians 2, 7, He was gentle among you like a nursing mother. He, that, that's a reference to the Spirit of God. Um, as, as one whom his mother comforts, I'll comfort you. Psalm, Psalm 131, 2, Like a weaned child rests against his mother, my soul is a weaned child within me. Men can be nurturing, but there is just something unique about the tender embrace of a mother to her children. Children can sense the difference, and they crave a mother's gentle touch and love. 
Women should not run from bearing and nurturing children, thinking that there is something supposedly more important or significant for them to do. You know, especially in Western culture, there's um, there, there's a lot of focus on uh, moms making a career for themselves or or being concerned. I don't want to have kids because I don't want it to tie me down. And I just want to encourage you, and 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 this this is not sexist at all, but I just want to encourage you to again look back at your core identity, the privilege of what it is to be a mother, right? And then just ask the Lord, hey, help me with with how I even view what it is to be a mom. Perhaps you had a bad experience with your own mom, and you don't want to duplicate that with the potential of your own kids. I just want to encourage you. The Holy Spirit is not trying to get you to repeat uh, what was modeled for your for you by your parents. You're still an original in all this. You're you're, you're still going to have grace on you uh, that's going to look different. So I just want to encourage you. And I'm not saying don't pursue a career. That's nothing of what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying uh, really think and pray it through if that is what is in front of your desire uh, to be able to, to, to actually act in the capacity of a mom and bear kids because it is, again, a beautiful thing. And it's supposed to be a relationship uh, that is enriched by the presence of both the dad and the mom. I think that's another thing we miss in Western culture. The the stigma is the dad goes to work while the mom stays home. But again, there's a grace in this day and age where if there's anything that we're seeing right now, even just demographically and through st- static uh, uh, I'm losing the word right now. Statistics. I want to say st- statisticians. Statistically, um, is that kids need two parents to pour into their lives. They the two parent home is one of the greatest privileges, not only in America but around the world. So we got to have grace on how to figure this out, and, and we can. I know it's a challenge, but I know that we can do it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, when, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so I'll recap, women should not run from bearing and nurturing children, thinking that there's something supposedly more important or significant for them to do. Even Hannah, who dedicated her son Samuel to serve the Lord, still took him home to care for him until he was weaned. 1 Samuel 1, 22-24. So even though her commitment was he'll grow up in the house of the Lord, she could not do that uh, by sacrificing her ability to feed him and to nurture him at that most basic fundamental level. God honors mothers who invest in their children, and mothers should adore and treasure the moments that they have with young ones. As Luke 2.19 says, But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. Children are only young for a short time, and the mother should be there to enjoy her God-given children. So those are just some of the thoughts in this session. Next week, we're going to be looking at the blessing of children. There's, there is too much to combine those two topics. Uh, and so we're going to get into um, where fathers and mothers are very much are a source of enrichment for their kids. Also, children are an amazing source of enrichment for our experience as moms and dads, as husbands and wives. Uh, and again, how the family unit has this a tremendous supernatural capacity to produce these beautiful things that you can't get anywhere else. Everyone is looking for family. You know, I, I say throughout this series, family is God's ultimate cure for loneliness. And a healthy family unit, you're going to find a place where you belong, right? And, and you may not feel like you belong anywhere else. 
But when you walk in the door, when you walk into the house where your family is, you know you can rest, you can take a sigh, uh, because you know that you're in a place where you're not judged, where you're loved, where you're embraced, where people believe the best about you, that will, that will do everything they possibly can do to make sure that you discover and enjoy the life of Christ uh, that is extended to you. Again, that invitation uh, to the presence of God and the power of God. And so I just want to encourage you, uh, you know, every time I do these sessions, I feel like um, there's someone listening or watching who that they're referencing their experience and perhaps there's some guilt or, or frustration or pain involved. And I just want to tell you just to take that to the Lord that he knows how to deal with that. He, he's a big boy. He's a good father. Uh, and he is there to help you to heal, even in those areas where you're just not sure uh, that it's possible. Uh, he's there for you. And so I just want to encourage you, moms and dads, especially those that are already in this, you're in the swing of this, you got kids, and maybe you're thinking, man, I've made some big mistakes at this point. What do I do? Well, the, the best advice I can give you is start right now. Just start right now. Dads, release identity. Moms, nurture however you can. Uh, and then commit to show, commit to model an example that it's as Christ-like as you know how. Again, they're not looking for perfect parents. They're looking for faithful parents. They're looking for people who are genuine. Uh, and so I think if we just commit to that, rise to that challenge, that is uh, just such an amazing thing. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to stop here. Um, I'm going to pray and then following this, we're just going to put up on the screen some ways that you can give and to support what we're doing. We actually weren't able to have our corporate gathering today um, as of the date of this Sunday. This is August the 9th, uh, 2020. Uh, my family, the Hester family, um, has, has been uh, wrestling very personally with uh, COVID-19. My mom has been in the hospital for almost a week. Uh, praise God she's recovering and is progressing well. Uh, my dad was uh, tested and we got the results that he also tested positive. At this point, he's not uh, showing any symptoms and we pray that he will not. And so out of an abundance of caution, again, because, you know, kind of the, the law that we're ruled by in the Better Covenant is loving others. We made the decision to stream this uh, instead of having a corporate gathering because just myself personally, I've been around my dad more this week than anyone else. And so I just want to make sure uh, that I don't put unnecessary risk on others. And so if you think about it, just pray for our family. It's been a, a week of being stretched thin. Maybe you even hear that in my voice. Uh, I'm, I'm trying not to come across uh, tired, but it's it's been tiring. It's been a lot of, a lot of uh, restless nights and um, having to do things that are certainly outside of, of my normal scope of, of what it is to be a husband, a dad, a minister. And so again, I, I do covet those prayers and support. Uh, so I want to pray for you. And then, you know, uh, once we finish with that, we'll share with you some ways to give. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to share. Lord, I thank you for everyone that's watching, that's tuning in uh, via our podcast, Lord, that, that they're encouraged, that, uh, that these words are spirit and life, and Lord, that is helping to give them something to be challenged by way of revelation. Lord, give them the wisdom that they need wherever they are in their journey as family. Uh, some coming from blended families, broken families. Lord, that your grace is sufficient for every scenario, for every situation. Lord, you're just looking for faithful people who are willing uh, to, uh, to be used by you. And Lord, I just had this sense that those watching and listening are just such people. 
And so Lord, we just thank you for that, the privilege of what it is to be dads and moms, fathers and mothers, to release and nurture identity. It's a thing that our kids, are they'll search the world over to try to find, but they're only gonna get it within uh, the, the context of family. And so out of healthy families, uh, new healthy families are born. And so Lord, we just thank you for that. I decree these things now by faith in the strong and mighty name of Jesus, amen. Uh, yeah, I just want to encourage you, um, if you are able to support what we do here financially, uh, we certainly appreciate that. You can, there's lots of ways to do it. You can go to our website, uh, dominionchurch.net slash give. And there's some other ways to do that, which will pull up on the screen, but you can text the word give to 854-888-6590. And you can do it that way. Super easy to do. Uh, and then again, uh, if this has blessed you, liking, sharing, subscribing, those are all great keys, uh, ways that you can help us get the word out to bring this impact to more people because um, that's really our heart's desire. We want people to have an encounter with the goodness of God that changes lives forever. It means the world to us. Uh, so yeah, I appreciate that. Have an amazing, amazing week. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.